Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We like to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Hey, John, how are you doing, man? My friend, uh, I'm good and COVID-free. Thanks for asking. (laughs) John had a brief bout of the Rona, but he's back now. Yeah, man. Um, It's just proof positive that, like, it doesn't matter if you're vaxxed, doesn't matter if you're boosted, doesn't matter if you wear a mask everywhere you go, COVID will find you. But I'm glad it seems to have taken it relatively easy on you. Yeah, it was was (laughs) like three or four days of, like, this is really terrible and then the rest of the time it was fine what i had my bout back around christmas time and it knocked me on my ass yeah um but thank you for vaccines and for boosters <laughs> and all the things that mitigate the uh yeah the, the effects, damage the horrible yeah. effects but we're not here to talk about covid <laughs> we're talking we're here to talk about a virus of a different kind <laughs> yes. i mean we talk about cult movies that we've done on this yeah. podcast and i don't think it gets cultier <laughs> It doesn't get more cultish. (laughs) Yes. This is, we're going a little bit off the beaten path. We're going to talk about 1985's The Last Dragon. Yes. Barry Gordy uh, presents The Last Dragon. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's founder of Motown Records, Barry Gordy, to those who may be wondering, like, uh, I, when I, I had no recollection of that when I was a kid, obviously. Yeah. Um, you can see the, the fingerprints all over it. Oh, big now. time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You just said a moment ago that it's, you know, it's an hour and a half long music video. And, and that's like, exactly here's what our it new is. artists for 1985, <laughs> basically. It's like, good marketing. It's I our like new it. batch of uh, Motown stars, some of which were good, some of which not so much. Yeah, they're not smoky. Smokey Robinson. Though he does have a song on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a weird one. Some of the new ones, like that's um, what I mean. It's like they're they're not they're not the same caliber of artists. No, yeah. This is a fucking crazy movie. I love it so much. I was trying to explain to someone um what this movie was like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I I said I thought it was like Karate Kid plus the Goonies plus Purple Rain. Yeah, that's perfect. Maybe a dash of um Big Trouble in Little China, but Big Trouble in Little China wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, this predated Goonies that. might not have been a thing. What year did that even That's come out? That's a good question. I think that was later, probably. Yeah, I feel like that was like 87? 87, 88, yeah. something like that. Um, but it's got those vibes. Big time. It's because, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's martial arts action adventure-ish. With like yeah. a young adult or or <laughs> even yeah, younger type totally. cast. Um, it's basically a live action cartoon, I think. Yeah, which is why it was such a big hit with us. It's completely. <laughs> well, you said you didn't recall seeing it until you were an adult, right? I don't think I saw or it college? until. Yeah, I don't think I saw it until college. Okay, and I was blown away by just like the sheer, the outlandishness of it, we, the ridiculous uh, nature of the film. We definitely rented this from the Visitech in Jasper, Georgia, in the late '80s, and my brothers and I were definitely running around the backyard doing like the. The hands, like he does the yeah. slow motion hands, and then the, like the up and down and around the, in a circle. Bruce Lee moves kind of, but yeah. I don't think I knew those were Bruce Lee moves. And well, I might have, but as yeah. a child who hadn't seen Bruce Lee movies, right. you might not have. And then, no, no, no clue. I, I mean, I'd seen, like we'd seen some of those, like Enter the Dragon and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, edited for television versions of those, but like I mean, we walked around saying kiss my converse is like <laughs> as iconic a line in our house as any movie line or as oft repeated uh, i'm envious that you saw it at a, at a more impressionable oh, yeah. age than i did but but it's just it, it was like it left that kind of impression where it's like live action cartoon is the perfect way to describe it but it's proof of the the quality of the film that i saw it as more of an adult viewer mm-hmm. and i still was blown away by just how 
watchable and strange it was. Yeah, the writing's pretty damn good. So yeah, <laughs> most for the most part. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I noticed you're wearing Converse right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> was that? By design? Um, no, I was wearing them earlier it today, but, then, but then as I was watching the movie, I was like, well, that's apropos. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna leave them on. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we should talk a little bit about like some of the behind the scenes yeah. uh, stuff. Movies directed by a dude named Michael Schultz. Right. Who's, what an under the radar career this guy has tons had. Tons and tons and tons of TV titles. Yeah. Big stuff. I mean, still working, like yeah. doing episodes of New Girl or, and Blackish and Arrow and stuff. But um. First off, he's a black dude, yep. which I maybe should have expected that. But based on the name, I didn't really. But I was glad to see it. You know, it didn't occur to me until I was going and doing, you know, the preliminary research for this. I was like, yeah, of course, Barry Gordy would have been like, we need some yeah. black talent in this and he, surrounding it. He talked about um, there was director's commentary on the DVD that I bought. And he talked about filming it in New York and how sort of maybe behind the times in terms of progressiveness all the new york unions were where he talked about the the crew was almost exclusively like old old white dudes you know mm. yeah. like who'd been grandfathered in yeah sure, stuff sure, like sure. That. it was old white dudes and their sons he said you know the unions were kind of closed to the and he said they had one like one black dude on the crew interesting yeah but all the executive types you know the the writers and i think a lot of the even the fight choreographers and stuff like that were black guys so it's kind of interesting i really wish that there's like a a making of but there's not i wish yeah. there was that'd be <laughs> very very interesting to hear about some of the some of the dynamics on set but he directed some other sort of cult type movies mm -hmm. such as coolie high mm -hmm. car wash and crush groove he directed i noticed several of the young indiana jones chronicles movies mm -hmm. <laughs> like, i saw that's, that as well that's wild um but dude is 83 now and he's still working that's awesome yeah man Work until you go. Keep it fresh all the time. Written by a dude named Louis Venosta. The only, I, I recognize some of the things that he wrote, but predominantly I recognize Bird on a Wire, which was another yeah, Arnold Mel Gibson family flick, right? favorite. No, um, yeah, yeah, it is. And Goli Han. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also was apparently, he was a dancer, was his career before he did. And he was a dan he was in the movie Fame. He was like just one of the dancers. That's awesome. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting path you've had. Yeah, very. awesome, right? <laughs> produced by Barry Gordy, as mentioned, founder of Motown, obviously a legendary music producer. Yeah. Um, great stuff. So starring Ty Mock as Bruce Leroy Green. Never seen anything he was ever in before or since. No, same. The only thing, I, he hadn't done a lot, right? Right. I think he got, he was a real black belt. That's how he came to be yeah, yeah, in the and, film and, and uh, studied a couple of different kinds of martial arts. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, this was, I think his first time ever acting. He was 20 years old and he was fine. Yeah. I mean, I think for the part he was playing, it was perfect. Like, cause yeah. he had this sort of green, you know, innocent, ingenue yeah, exactly. quality about him, but that's what the character was supposed to be like. So it worked. I had seen where other bigger names had auditioned for the tons, part. Tons, tons of the, like the big famous black actors like at Denzel that time. Wesley Snipes. The, see, Wesley Snipes might have, could have pulled it off. Because oh, I think he has the, 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 the martial arts pun pedigree. intended. He had the chops <laughs> to, to do it. Boo, um, <laughs> but it was good, but it was actually really good. But yeah, but kudos to them. I think what I had seen was they thought it'd be easier to teach a martial artist to act than to teach an actor how to look like a martial artist. Agreed. Um, so it's worked out though. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone else playing the part now. I mean, I would, I also heard that Lawrence Fishburne lobbied heavily yeah, to star well, in this. You would not have been the right age, right? I have no idea. Maybe yeah. he was like, when did apocalypse now come out? He was in that when he was like 16 or 15, maybe. Oh, so he would have, but when was that? Like mid late seventies, late seventies. So, so he okay, so he would have been early twenties. Yeah, yeah, he could have done that then. Man, I don't know how I, old. I, we'll talk about it as we go. I'm, I'm not. It's unclear to me how old Bruce Leroy is supposed to be. I would say he's <laughs> supposed to be mid twenties. I think when I was watching it, I assumed he was like a high schooler, but I think you're right. I think he's meant to be a young adult. Right. He finished high school um, and then started <laughs> pursuing his karate dreams yes. or kung fu dreams. Whatever. Yeah, I. First of all, first things first, I think, well, 
I want to just apologize in advance because I feel like I'll just be using the terms kung fu and karate loosely. Just say martial arts. And the thing I know, but it's easier to say <laughs> like is. a karate movie or yeah. whatever. But yeah. I, but that is not to say that I think that everything that everyone's doing is karate we, yes. or kung fu. We real we recognize it, there's taekwondo, lots of different or jujitsu, drunken boxing, right? Exactly, <laughs> brawling. Are you more of a brawler style? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that's Tymok. Also starring <laughs> Vanity as uh, <laughs> Laura Charles, and that's the last of the one name stars of this movie. Yeah, just one name. <laughs> Thank you very much. Likewise, she hadn't done a whole lot of high-profile work. Yeah, I was not surprised when you told me she was discovered by Prince. She's Canadian model and lead singer of an all-girl group called Vanity Six. Yeah, which was, I think, a, a Prince creation. That really? Group. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I think he's, he found her apparently backstage at like an award show and was like, oh, you got the look. <laughs> I must possess you. <laughs> Can you sing? He's like, you should be my girlfriend and I'll make you into a music star. And so that's the way it went for a couple of years. Man, um, Prince, Prince is like, um, like NBA players with super teams. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to make you famous. Well, her, the big song that she had as the vanity, as a member of vanity six was the song nasty girl, mm. which played in the strip club in Beverly Hills cop. Right. Right. It right. sounds exactly like a Prince song. Right. I'm sure Prince probably, if he didn't write it, then he, you know, he was, was the in producer the on it. Right? <laughs> he was in the He's booth. Like, no, make sure. the guitars sound a little <laughs> bit more like my guitars. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and apparently he wanted her to play the lead in Purple Rain, but she turned it down and then they broke up. Right. Or 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 they broke up and then she didn't want to do it anymore. He's something. like, fine, I'll get Apollonia to do it. And apparently in the 90s, she became like a born again Christian and renounced all of her career before that. Oh. And then okay. sadly, she has passed away in 2016. Liver f or kidney failure. I think it was, I think she had a lot of like hard charge and drug using years back then the yeah. 80s as many of those people in that scene yeah did, no doubt the only yeah, she's only 57 yeah it's crazy that's so sad the only other thing that i really recognized her from career-wise was action jackson with carl Williams. yeah and i've never seen that i i, I think I like we should have seen it. it and we should probably talk we, about it we at should some point. definitely bring it up yeah. yeah um it needs the treatment then we had a guy named christopher murney playing Eddie Arcadian. Great character name. Amazing. I assume and he's that, awesome. He's great. I, I don't know him from anything else. He, I remember him as a, a bit part in the Michael J. Fox movie, Secret of My Success, mm. which was a huge... You mentioned that one before, yeah, I think, on the podcast. It's, it's a great movie. Um, I saw where he was also credited as being in Maximum Overdrive. Right. I don't recall him in that, but that's, that either. movie is nuts. That movie is insane. It's <laughs> that absolutely was the, bonkers. That was, the, that was one of those like Stephen King's that he probably doesn't remember anything about <laughs> no. writing it. Did he even... He might have directed that movie. Really? He might have. Yeah, I read, I read his book on writing... Uh, within the last like half year or something. And he was talking about how <laughs> those were dark times. <laughs> I mean, it, he was cranking out so many titles a year. It was insane. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine what it's like to live inside his brain, but Christopher Murney also did tons of VO. It's still doing tons of VO. Um, he was in the legendary Ken Burns civil war documentary doing some voices in that. Okay. And then he also more recently, and I, I think this is badass because I've played these games, but he he voices like NPCs in Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, <laughs> the Red Dead uh, Redemption oh. video game series, okay. which are like, I love Red Dead. That shit is fucking awesome. So it's cool to think about this guy still like I love he's still game. working. Yeah. yeah. Same with uh, Faith Prince. Yeah. Who played Angela Varaco. Augusta George's own. Oh, yeah. She pulled off the whatever that was that supposed New to be, York, Brooklyn or yeah, Long Island yeah. or whatever. I guess she was from Queens. She was meant to be from yeah. Queens. Tons so, of TV credits also. But she was in Dave. Yeah, I, that, that you, I think that's one of yours. I love I don't think I've ever seen it. Thank you for doing this, Helen. She was in My Father the Hero, which I remember that title. Was, oh, but Gerard remember. Depardieu. Okay. And yeah, lots of TV work. It still works. That was one of his big like... I'm um, American gonna, crossover. We're, we're gonna try of. to make him an American star too. Yeah, that, that's tough for any of those Frenchies. Yeah, Jean Reno, good, same though. thing. They've tried to push him on us before too. It's just <laughs> I love Jean Reno. I mean, I was watching awesome. The Professional like last night. The movie's awesome. So um, is uh, what uh, Ronan? He's oh yeah, Ronin? he's killer in Ronan. Yeah. Killer in uh, Mission Impossible, the yes. first one. Yes. Also starred Julius Carey as Shownuff. Oh, uh, 
the Shogun of Harlem. Again, lots of uh, TV credits on notable shows, like lots of notable shows. He's been on tons of big shows. Yeah, I was I was watching this movie a few weeks back with some buddies, and they recognized him as being like a regular on Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which, which I've never seen. With uh, Bruce Campbell? <laughs> yes. 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 Um, he broke through his first role was in the black exploitation classic Disco Godfather. That was like a Rudy Ray Moore, uh, uh, the dude who was Dolomite. Okay, one yeah, of his yeah, yeah. movies. That's and, awesome. And um, he was also in the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, one of like the great uh, all time great titles. It's like a basketball flick. I think it's starring some real NBA guys. I love that. Um, but he was a tall guy. He seemed yeah, tall, he was, at least compared to everyone like, else in the film. Absolutely. But yeah, Ju- Julius Carey, sadly, another cast member who passed away too soon, died in two thousand eight. Fifty six years old. Yeah, another young young to be passing away. Don't mm. like that. There's one other actor that I want to call out. Um, Mike Starr playing Rock. Um, <laughs> listeners may remember him as Joe, the lead goon who was after Harry and Lloyd in the briefcase in Dumb and Dumber. Right. The guy who died from eating the atomic right. peppers yeah, he ate the or whatever. poison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My pills. I need my pills. <laughs> How do they know that I got gas? Exactly. Yeah, the gas man. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. The gas yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Bringing it back to <laughs> this movie. There will be a cavalcade of other familiar faces, some very familiar faces yeah. that pop up as we're going along that we will um, we'll mention as we get to them. Talk to me about the music, since this is a music video film. Tell me what's <laughs> happening. Star-studded soundtrack features Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, DeBarge, I think it was big at the time, Rockwell, a.k.a. Kennedy William Gordy, mm. Barry Gordy's son. Not not too shabby. Um. Ma'am, yeah, Barry Gordy made it happen for his boy. It's yeah, but I will for say everybody. that like I always, whatever the name of the song is, I always feel like somebody's watching me. The Rockwell, the big Rockwell hit, uh-huh. killer song. Yeah, it helps when you get Michael Jackson to sing the hook. Exactly, <laughs> and lots of shit music too. Yeah, lots of shitty music. Well, yeah, and we'll, yeah, we'll talk about like the the song Vanity sings. The Seventh Heaven song is is trash. It's hot, trash. and it's like God. They were they they. I mean, she was selling it with all her mind, trying to, but it's like not great singing. She was a very theatric performer, wasn't yeah. she? Like as a as a stage her stagecraft. Yeah, she she is compelling to watch, but man, Ooh, the song is, is just she? trash. It's just <laughs> terrible. Anyway, yeah, I felt I felt for her having to. I don't think she was she was someone was canning her music and saying, "Here's what you're singing today." Yeah, I don't think she had probably. any input in anything. Probably, um, which made made it easier to renounce it in the name of Jesus later on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll pick up on the flick. Yeah. Uh, opens with the TriStar, that Pegasus. Fucking opening. I, I missed, love that. I missed that. Big what time. happened? TriStar is like long gone. I don't remember yeah. seeing anything from TriStar in a long time. No, they they have been disintegrated. But that animation, the music is is like an indelible yeah. part of my psyche. It was usually like a mark of quality. You knew you were going to get yeah. something good when yeah. you saw that shit. Yeah, conjures good memories for sure. 80s pop music swells. Song is The Last Dragon by Dwight David. Okay. Um, moderately successful musician, usually performed under the name Spider Turner. So I don't know why he was Dwight David on this. It had a very new wave sort of Duran Duran sound yeah. to it. It did not. Yeah, not a Motown Not at vibe. all. Not at all. I think Motown was trying to like reinvent themselves at this time. For sure. A very dramatically lit Timok flexes his muscles and busts out like some kung fu moves. Yeah, he's he's yeah. <laughs> it was some of that. It was some of that soft core muscle porn yeah. that you mentioned. <laughs> very dim, on, dimly on our, lit on our best of the best right. series. <laughs> which, if you haven't listened to our best of the best series, check that shit out. Killer, killer yeah, material. Hit the back catalog immediately, <laughs> but definitely best of the best. Um, yeah, we get the title card: Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I love that. A Motown Productions picture doubling down on stamping his name on it twice so we know if nothing else the movie should have like a loaded soundtrack yeah right get some flips jumps kicks from timok <laughs> this is bruce leroy green but we don't know that yet right um young black dude very handsome guy mm-hmm. nice physique whatever i also love the auxiliary percussion chopsticks <laughs> and the <laughs> is that a, like a little cringe worthy to you was it a little bit like it has some moments that are kind of like, Ugh. I don't no, know if you would do that anymore. I, Is that like I think going into this, you like you're with a title like The Last Dragon. If you see the poster, you're like, okay, this is a martial arts movie. Yeah. So seeing the chopsticks, I was just like, whatever, just thrown in. Yeah. For effect. Yeah. Okay. I, there's, I mean, but there's nothing. There's nothing overtly well, Asian about 
the song or like, no. you know, but it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't think there was anything like of all the things in this movie that are cringeworthy. <laughs> that was the least cringeworthy, <laughs> cringeworthy thing. I, I feel like this movie, despite some missteps along the way, I, I feel like it's clearly trying to like pay homage to yeah. Asian culture and Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Or at least, um, black culture's appreciation of Asian culture, which, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, we're trying to be respectful. Some of the stuff might come off a little crass or whatever. Sure, but, but it's also 1985, so yes, yeah, so it's a different the license, time. The license was broader. Um, now, on my director's commentary, the the director Michael Schultz had talked about how rare it was at this time to like see a big budget, widely released movie with a black hero, and it's, I mean, it's still more rare than it should be probably but yeah right. thinking about that era whatever that was i thought what, 35 plus years ago i was cutting like, the grass not two days ago and thinking about like i don't know if we've really addressed it but thinking about carl weathers mm-hmm. playing apollo and rocky yeah in, in a series of movies yeah alongside the biggest star in the world yeah and then in being in predator alongside the so, other he's always star second in the world. banana right always second banana but like but playing like the best friend, like buddy situation, sort of like, you know, Danny Glover and Sidney Poitier, like doing these things, like, yeah. bring, you know, bringing. I think it was like, always black that acting, thing, though. Black actors to another it echelon. Was, it was it, always kind of like being the sidekick yeah. type character to yeah. a white guy. Right. Um, and and le- except for about this same time was when Eddie Murphy was really breaking mm-hmm. through as like the black bankable leading man. Right. You know, pro- one of the first. Um, in Hollywood. So yeah, it's weird though to think about this movie as being a, a like a barrier breaking yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Because, because, it's, because of what it is. This is so campy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all that, but it's badass though. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's got a lot going for it. I'm into it. <clears throat> so the scene transitions to time mock working this punching bag in the gym. We get like a mysterious hand, mm-hmm. uh, pulling an arrow out of a, a rack of arrows right. and notching it. We see it's like an older Asian man. He shoots the arrow at uh, Lee, at our guy Leroy. That's Tymok. Uh-huh. We still don't really know that yet, but whatever. Um, he like chops it out of the air, which is rad. And I read that all these like the arrow chopping things like took hours and yeah. hours to get right. They said it was real, and I'm like, that's maybe a waste of time, guys. But that's- it must have also <laughs> been shot fairly slowly, right? Like not like you pull it. You didn't pull it all the way back, right? I don't think it'd be too fucking dangerous, right? Probably. Um, but yes, I think it did. Uh, yeah, the director said it took them like two hours to get the shot. I'm like, yeah, you really yeah, should have just probably put that probably on a wire. Schedule mismanagement. <laughs> <laughs> they repeat this again uh, as Leroy is like sparring with this Wing Chun dummy. Yeah. Um, it's like that, that wooden post where you can like sort of stick the arms coming out of it. You think of like uh, Kung Fu dudes like mm-hmm. working those things. Leroy cartwheels over to another punching dummy, goes to work on that he, like, thing. like straddles it with his legs and like pulls it over it, on the ground. It was weird. <laughs> it was awkward. Um, uh, at the same time, he catches a third arrow like right out of the air. And we see it's got, I guess, blue tape wrapped He's, around like, the He's marveling shaft. at his own handiwork. <laughs> and his, uh, the, the guy shooting the arrows says, how did you know that was the blue one? And he he answers, I don't, I don't know, master. I do not know. He has a very particular way of speaking, Leroy. Well, it's, it is. I do not know, it's master. It's sort of Asian sound. It, he talks like Blue, Bruce Lee talks in Into the Dragon. Which I think that's what he's trying to And when emulate. I say Asian, I mean like movie Asian, like Bruce Lee talking like that. He almost, um, he almost speaks like a English is not my first language. Right. When it's speaker, but it, it was for it him. Is, right. He grew um, up in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> the sensei sort of chuckles at his answer and rips the dragon patch off of Leroy's it's thing a tank that he's top. wearing. He's wearing a tank top tucked into pants. But it's like, all white. It had like, yeah. like the look of like of of uh, aerobics wear or yeah. something. <laughs> anyway, Leroy thinks he's in trouble. He drops to his knees, begging his sensei's forgiveness. The sensei, I like that he told him, like, you know, you watch too many movies. Right. Um Sensei chuckles again, tells him you're not in trouble. You've reached the final level. You know without knowing. Yeah, that, yeah. Somehow that. the final level is you know something without knowing the thing that you know. Yeah, I think it's become so 
intuitive. Yeah, it's it's, it's not even it's, it's it's subconscious at this point or something. So I I thought the sensei that dude was awesome. Yeah, his name was Thomas Akita. Had an amazing voice. He was very much like um like the the sensei in Kickboxer, the sensei yeah. in um oh. I mean, he was Master Splinter. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, he had, but I thought his voice was just killer. Like yeah. I, I was. That's the voice I want for Splinter to have. <laughs> and those, um, so yeah, Sensei tells him, you know, I've got nothing left to teach you. Basically, our journey together is over. Right. Leroy says that he thought when he reached the final level, he was supposed to achieve the glow. Oh. Okay. Okay. Sensei confirms that yes, when you're at the final level. A sublime glow will appear all over your whole body. Yeah, as we discussed at some point in the distant past. Yes. <laughs> that's a, a sort of a strange mystical plot point. Right. Um, I don't, I think as a first time watcher, you were probably thinking, what does that actually yeah, what does mean? It mean? Like, a, <laughs> as we'll come to find out, is a literal glow. Right. <laughs> um, and so the sensei shows Leroy a ring of patches and says the one that he just removed from his leotard was the last dragon. Mm-hmm. That's ding, ding, ding. Uh, and then we have we can leave. We have a new contender probably for like <laughs> the, sh- the fastest mention of the movie title. 13 point, on this podcast. 13.8 seconds. A new record of kicking someone in the face. Fastest Frank Dukes. punch with a knockout. Yeah, right. or Frank Duke style. But you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you walked out on yeah, this movie. Yeah, you have to keep with it because you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, now you've completed a cycle, but now there's a new emptiness to fill and a new journey that you have to take, but you have to do it alone. This movie's got some deep thoughts, yeah, right? Like some philosophical sort of things going on that probably flew over kids' heads. Um, but yeah, so Leroy seems confused. Sensei is like, that's a good thing. You know, confusion is part of life, along with vengeance, fear, love. And, you know, he says all facets of life must be embraced. And that's then you'll good, unlock. That's a good word. Yeah, and then, then you will unlock the mystery of the glow. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of like yeah. that's a decently strong sort of philosophical thoughts it going is, on absolutely. here. Leroy says he needs more training. The sensei gets kind of harsh with him, tells him, uh, you know, I'm no longer your master. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I got yeah, I got things to do. Yeah, I got some <laughs> shopping. Um, Leroy looks hurt. So the sensei, you know, tells him like, hey, if you need a master, go seek out some dumb goy, the wisest man in the universe. You uh, see right here in New York. The dude's name is some dumb goy. Come <laughs> yeah, on. That's, a, <laughs> that's a red herring. <laughs> and it's I actually thought it was kind of strong acting from the master, the, from yeah. the sensei. Yeah. Like some amazing subtlety he was doing with his facial uh, you know, expressions. Right. Or whatever. He also clues us into where the action's happening. He's like, and con- you know, conveniently, some dumb goy is here in New York. <laughs> yes. You got to think the world is probably filled with dudes, like amazing actors of color who have never had a chance to to uh, break through because yeah. there just aren't enough roles. Yeah. Written because I I would see this guy and I'm like, this guy's fucking great. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I once had the, a profound thought. Um. Once in Knoxville, Tennessee, walking by a honey baked ham store, and it said the world's best ham. And I was like, "What a shit thing to say!" Because probably the the like the objective best ham that was ever made or cured was only eaten by like a handful of people, and they and and they probably <laughs> thought it was like regular ham. They didn't know it was the best ham that anyone could or would ever, ever eat, eat in life. In the so, <laughs> so just think about that for a moment. How strong were those edibles? John? <laughs> it wasn't an edible. Oh man. It gosh. was like, it, that was just like a That's cogent a thought. thought. I was friend. like, I was like, it's like someone saying the, the, the world's greatest singer. And I was like, there's probably someone like that lives just Uzbekistan. That's the world's greatest singer. It's like but no a, one knows it. And everyone thinks he's a good, he's like, good he might not even know as a karaoke like, yeah, on Thursday. Developed his talent right. or whatever, her talent. The world. Yeah, exactly. Think the about world's, Elf when he's like the world's best cup of coffee and he's like banging on the window. He's like, congratulations, you did it. <laughs> it's like that though, right? It's, it's exactly like, it. It's like, you could never qualify it. It's also Impossible. such a subjective thing. Yes. <laughs> One person's best ham. Anyway. Probably not the next guy's <laughs> exactly. best ham. Yeah. So anyway, uh, all yes. of you listening along, think about that for a moment before Reflect you add superlatives that, to meditate, things. Meditate, have a moment of mindfulness. <laughs> um, Sip your bourbon and shut up. <laughs> How, <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> uh, we're drinking New Riff 
from Newport, Kentucky. It's fucking great. And it is a high rye bourbon. If you couldn't tell from how the podcast is going so far, <laughs> it's fucking great. It is delicious. It goes down smooth. It does. Like this movie. So, the <laughs> sensei produces a gold medallion that he says belonged to Leroy's hero, Bruce Lee. Oh. This is like the beginning of heavy Bruce Lee references throughout the movie. Big time. Schultz said on the commentary that he was sort of sold on the flick just based on the pitch that it was like a young black hero who fantasizes about being Bruce Lee and gets into adventures. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like That's can't miss. Dope as shit. <laughs> you know? I would watch that. Um, I mean, this movie was more or less made for uh, kids, right? Wouldn't you think? Uh, I don't know, because some of the humor... Especially, uh, yeah, like, yeah. especially some some of the stuff that happens that we'll talk about in the second episode of this podcast series. I was like, "Damn, this is kind of adult." Okay, I think it's one of those things that the humor sort of went both ways. But okay. but by and large, what you're seeing on screen is meant for kids. I'm just wondering, like in in 1985, how relevant do you think Bruce Lee was to Big, kids? Hugely, really. Yeah, even though so. he was dead for 12 years already. I, think so. I mean, I still. I, I suppose to this day, like, he's probably the most famous martial artist. Yeah. That's been. No one's, no one's surpassed Bruce Lee. I mean, yeah, we've had, some, power. we've had some famous ones, but he's still, like, the marquee name. Like, like the Jackie name you Chan, think of. If, they were, if, if you asked that, if you had 100 people, uh, <laughs> Family yeah. Feud style, name a martial artist. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee would probably be number one on the on the board. Right. Survey says. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce exactly. Lee. Yeah. I, I suppose so. So I guess it's, I mean, still this, that's now we're going to go with a deep cut and say Tong Po. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or just some dude. Yeah. You, I mean, it had to be a guy in movies, right? Yeah. And yeah, Bruce Lee, I guess it's still the apex of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sensei tells him, you know, when you find the master you're seeking, give him the medallion. And uh, he sends Leroy on his way. Like forcefully, like go. Get, go. He says go like, like four times, yeah. I think. It's a bizarre little MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. Do you what, do you believe, was the sensei being truthful? Did that thing really belong to Bruce Lee? As a child, I had no idea. I, I would um, assume. I think, I, th I think it probably not, because why would he have it sitting around in a little <laughs> cabinet? <laughs> to me now, watching the movie, it seems like the sensei's like, I just want him to leave. Yes. I think as a kid watching, or as a, I guess not a kid, but as a college mm -hmm. know nothing, I thought like, oh, of course I took him at his word. This is, yeah, it's Bruce Lee's yeah. thing. It's probably ma magical in some way. Right. Um, but now watching it later, I do think it was just sort of a, not even a, it's like a, you're giving him confidence by like, mm -hmm. uh, it's fucking Days of Thunder style when he's like, I'm putting some special tires on the car. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And I can pass on the outside with the special tires, you know, and he just goes and does it. Right. And he's like, yeah, there's nothing really special about him. It was, I think it was that thing going I agree. on. So Leroy exits the barge slash house. Yeah, whatever this the what place is. What the fuck was this space? Was that, that's a strange location for a dojo. It's like on, <laughs> it's on the water. Like maybe it's sort, of like, maybe it's sort of like Miyagi-Do though. It's probably... It, Part of something else. It's like, yeah. who knows what this sensei's into? Would you think it'd be like shipping. shifting under your feet as you're doing your training? I couldn't tell if it was, was it like if it was fast, floating or like if it was if it was. Something? Yeah, I think that it was a structure attached to that pier. Okay. Did you get the impression that like that was a a professional business that this guy is running? Like a are people paying him for lessons or is is he just a dude like a Miyagi? I think he's like a Miyagi. Okay. It did not appear to be like I mean, it was definitely student. like a well-appointed dojo, but yeah. I don't think that would be a strange place of business. Agreed. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Leroy walks out wearing like a coolie hat and this sort of traditional like, Chinese, Chinese silk. A Chinese tang suit or tang chuang. Oh, that does have a name, yeah. like the pants that and specific, top. Yeah, the the garb. That <laughs> specific look is called a tang or tang suit. So yeah, we see that he is in fact in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um I was enjoying the music of this section. Yeah. A song called Inside You. By Willie Hutch. Uh, so Leroy is wandering around Chinatown. I guess presumably he's looking for some dumb goy. <laughs> yeah, he keeps showing people the medallion. Do you know where this guy is? <laughs> yes, of course. Now cut to footage from Enter the Dragon starring Bruce Lee. Yes. It's like a bold choice. You don't usually see a movie go full screen with another movie. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's always a great thing to see Bolo Young, though. Yes. Pop up but on didn't, there. This to me felt like um, the thriller video. 
Oh yeah, were they? What were they watching? Like the it's watching, like a werewolf movie yeah, or something? Watching, yeah, or, it wasn't American Werewolf, was it? It was. I think it was a fake movie they were watching. Maybe. Oh, was it? I don't know. I, it was I can't like, remember. See you next Wednesday. Oh or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. But um, it felt like they were watching probably like American Werewolf in London. Or right. Something like that. It had that but vibe, it, like a movie within the movie. Though. But yeah, so we we see now we're like in this raucous movie theater. <laughs> I love it. It's like people yelling at the screen. They're throwing food. The dude walking down the aisle selling concessions, like selling <laughs> weed. He was selling joints. <laughs> Did you catch I that? He was like that. joints so and awesome. bags. He was concessions. Selling. I say lightly. <laughs> um. Yeah, every type of person imaginable was in that theater. It's, it's very New York. It, it was is, eclectic. I love it. It made me think of the bar in Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Where it was like just some of, one of every kind yeah. was in there. It was like Noah's Ark. Jesus loves there. all the little children. Um, I love that shit, though, man. I feel like yep. they just like cast locals. Yeah, big time. You know? Uh, they were like they were fucking b boys and Elvis impersonators, and fucking Rastafarians in there. Right. Um, fucking wild shit. So suddenly. People are just blaring music from a boombox and people are breakdancing in the aisles. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? This shit is so off the wall. This yeah. whole scene, I fell in love with this movie, like I think during this scene mm-hmm. on my on a first viewing years ago. Um, so now we get this big Asian man in the audience. He gets up from his seat. He's sort of mimicking the action that we're seeing in on Enter screen, the Dragon. Yeah. yeah, he walks and he sort of he stomps the boombox. The movie is then interrupted. Is we get these six people in matching uh, clothes. They burst into the theater. They do a, like a little choreographed shuffle right. or something. They, yeah, they're lined up on either side of the aisle, like framing the shot. Yeah, and then Shonuff enters wearing a goddamn tiger fur. I love that tiger <laughs> cape, man. He looks fucking amazing yeah, with his dude. hair pulled up in the top knot, and he's he's wearing the sunglasses that look like one of the dudes that abducted Miao Yin in Big Trouble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he had those, it was like the Kanye, the, like the shutter glasses yes. or whatever. So I mean, badass. Bu- so Busta Rhymes, the rapper, like parodied this character in a music video, and I definitely saw that music video mm-hmm. before I had seen this movie, oh, so really? I didn't really get it. But when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, shit, yes. Awesome stuff. Show enough calls out, am I the meanest? Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. And there's fever pitch at like, this point. Yeah. Like the Shogun of Harlem. Right. <laughs> Amazing title. But like there has to be in, like any number of graphic novels that follow something. The Shogun of Harlem is fucking, that's a badass title. It's an honorific like yeah, for the I ages. Be, yeah, I want to be the Shogun amazing. of Harlem. Amazing. Incredible entrance. Incredible fucking character over the top. Like a truck. Like a truck. Like um, a machine. The, some of the moviegoers seem intimidated. Others just look like they're annoyed. I like Leroy kind of like looks back and smiles. He seems kind of amused He's by it all. He's at peace at yeah. all times, I gather, from yeah. Leroy Green. Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Fucking love that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, show enough as one of his goons. Crunch. Crunch. <laughs> clear out some seats for him. A small child in the in the crowd yells that he knows who could beat Shonuff. Say what? Shonuff grabs his kid, lifts him up like off the ground, their nose to nose. That kid was uh, our director's son. Oh, really? Yeah, very cool. <laughs> Junior Schultz. Schultz Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Who's better than the Shogun, he asked. Bruce, Bruce Leroy, that's who. <laughs> The kid says pointing over it. I love the 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 goon, uh, the main goon beast, beast leans in and says, "That's the only guy that stands between show and total supremacy." <laughs> okay. That's some fucking exposition right yeah, it there. Is. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Total supremacy. Um, show enough approaches Leroy, who's fucking eating popcorn with chopsticks. We love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. He throws a punch in Leroy's face, but Leroy doesn't even flinch. So Shonuff says he's heard enough of the legends of Bruce Leroy. The bullshit Superman stories. He can catch bullets with his teeth. It's like, how many fucking, how many shootouts has Bruce Leroy been in up yeah. to this point? It's a weird setup to like stuff that's happened before this that we right. aren't privy to. That's what I'm saying. This needs to be an anime. Like this movie needs oh, to be an anime it'd series. It'd be amazing, like graphic be novels or whatever. Yeah. yeah, killer shit. Um, Leroy drops some like philosophical musings on him. The secret awaits eyes unclouded by ambition. Shogun. What? What is it? What? <laughs> Leroy continues. He says, yeah. those who are bound by desire see only that which can be held in their hands. Uh-huh. 
I like when he sort of says, I got something real for you ass in these hands. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, yeah, Shonuff tells Leroy, like, like, get up and fight. Oh, Shon, he also doubled down by again using the phrase, the last dragon. Right. <laughs> this thing, that's twice you have a, a, a pardon to walk out that's of the right. theater. You're crazy if you walk out at this point. No, oh, yeah. Like, this movie's got its hooks in it you right now. It just got good. It just got the, it's like the first <laughs> appearance of Shredder and Ninja Turtles. It's yes, like, indeed. I have to watch this shit now. But yeah, he tells him, you know, get up and fight. I got something real for you ass in these hands. We're going to settle this once and for all because I am back. The Shogun is back on the scene. And where do we think Shonuff has been? I can only, it has to be prison just about. Well, you know, he could have been over in Japan studying under a, under a Shidoshi. Maybe he was, yeah, he, he was in, he was fighting in Kumite. He was studying, he was studying uh, Duke's, uh, Duke Ryu, what Duke's is this? Ryu. Duke's Ryu yeah, Ninjutsu. Duke's Ryu. <laughs> Whatever. Mm, probably not. He definitely wasn't fighting in Kumite. <laughs> so, so yeah, we think prison. Probably jail. That seems more likely. <laughs> Or maybe he was just back home with his mom in like uh, West Philadelphia or fucking um, <laughs> what is uh, Yonkers or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was, yeah. He just, he, maybe he has a, he's only been gone like a week or two. He was two, in Poughkeepsie. But I'm back. <laughs> Shogun is back on the scene. And Shogun is the master. Um, yeah. Then a couple of burly dudes in the balcony pop up. One of whom is wearing a hot pink crop top. Right. And uh, they tell us show enough to sit down and shut up. They look like probably like two bears, like, <laughs> yeah. out, on a, like out on a day date together, like seeing a matinee of the movie. They look like a couple of dudes you might see in the background of Over the Top as right. well, like the arm wrestling exactly. guys. Yeah. Just big, like burly huge. They're dudes. Giant. Yeah. Um, the mere sight of these dudes is like a laugh out loud moment. Yeah. So Shonuff and his crew, they line up at the front of the theater, tell anyone who wants to make him sit down and shut up to step on up. Yeah, come make me do it. So the dude who smashed the boombox, he takes the challenge and gets just manhandled by Shonuff, much to the dismay of his partner. Yeah, his, which at the credits bills is transvestite. Transvestite, so, which that was the assumption, but I didn't want to label it if the credits didn't label it. I love them yelling, don't hurt the face, baby. Yeah, <laughs> jack him up, baby. Oh, don't hurt the face, baby. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that was, that that was, was so funny. That was Freddie Strobel playing transvestite. That was one of the, like, that, that <laughs> moment was so fucking good. That was a flex by our guy to just to be stepping out with his... Yeah. Boyfriend, girlfriend? Yeah. I don't know. His partner. His partner, partner yeah. She was showing off, like, rips out some of the dude's hair and, like, blows <laughs> it at the date. Like, uh. So now the dudes from the balcony have made their way down to the floor. They step up and they get knocked back. So he takes out, Shonoff takes out a few more guys. Yeah, like, it's like suddenly dude, it's like an actual martial arts. Uh, dudes that you wouldn't think would know martial arts. These dudes, like, in geese and stuff, are, like, <laughs> running. They're, like, jumping out of the balcony, yes. jumping up, on, flipping up on the stage. from the rafters with it moves. Is, it is awesome. It, it is like if you go to see the midnight show of um, Rocky, Horror. Rocky Horror and they're <laughs> acting it out on the stage. Ah, it's exactly what this is like. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, the actor though, Julius Carey, who played Shonoff, he had like no type of martial arts training when he came to the role, and I was like, he sort of acquits himself pretty well. Yeah, some of the kicks that he throws look like somebody who knows what they're doing. Shonoff gets distracted when he sees Leroy leaving the theater, and he gets knocked down by a guy. Right. Shonoff does this fucking sweet kip up mm-hmm. and takes the dude down, fucking like is snapping his ankle or whatever, and biting his Achilles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sinking his teeth in. Yeah. That kip up though was incredible. Yeah, it was like badass. he was he was about this life, uh-huh. like whatever. That was an an athletic dude. Um, For real. So Shonuff, yeah, yells threats at Leroy as Leroy's walking out the door. I will not rest till everybody knows Shogun is the master. <laughs> All of his lines are incredible. Yeah, that they dude, are. like chewing the scenery. It. Elsewhere in the city, Eddie Arcadian, sporting a tuxedo, is like struggling to tie a bow tie. Yeah, this is our first glimpse of Eddie Ar- Arcadian. I love just like the actor, just. You, it's just him struggling with the bow ties. Like, I've never in my life tied a bow tie. I presume you have. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it hard? Um, No. No, I mean, Not once you figure it out, it's like tying a shoe. I mean, this dude was like sort of a poor man's DeVito. Yeah. You feel like if yeah, they could have got vibe. DeVito, it would, he's like a diminutive little, uh, I guess he's Armenian <laughs> or something <laughs> based on his name. But um, yeah, I just. Or he changed his name to Arcadian. Yeah. You know, he the, very much has. He went into like, the arcade he, business, he apparently. He is like. He. Like gives off strong arcade, who is a uh, Marvel comics oh, villain, okay. and he is like he puts uh, 
the good guys through tests that are modeled after arcade games and funhouse okay. games and stuff like that. He was a he was a big foe of uh, Spider Man and the X Men. So elsewhere in here, we got Angela listening to headphones, doing her nails, and like sort of scatting along to the music. Yeah. And she's very much supposed to be like a Cindy Lauper type. Absolutely. That's that's Faith Prince. Her fucking her performance is incredible. Yeah, she's great in the movie. She's hysterical. Um, she brings it. The the apartment is like a fucking cocaine fueled <laughs> fever dream. Right. It's like jukeboxes and arcade machines everywhere. I felt like um I felt like every surface in that place looked like it was specifically designed to do co- to snort to cocaine do off of. <laughs> you know? Eddie's henchman rock takes a goat leg. Or some shit yeah, so out of the industrial opening, freezer. Opening that freezer that's like full of pig heads and shit. That shit was like built into the fucking wall of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a custom job. So he he takes this goat leg or whatever. He dips it into this frothing tank of green water. Right. And like moments later removes just like a, the bare bones. I like that effect. Uh, what do you what? What do you suppose is in there? At first, I thought piranha, but then I thought it's only it's all like one. There's one creature in there, so I don't know. Like a, I think it's some sort of supernatural thing. Yeah, it's it's been, I don't know. It's like, like the fucking monster that t- crops up in Big Trouble in Little China like or something. A, it's like like a benthic zone, like anglerfish or something. <laughs> yes, something wild. Yeah, genetically engineered, <laughs> uh, mutated. Yeah, exactly. Thing or something like that. It's fucking crazy. But that uh, rock is played by Mike Starr, who we mentioned earlier yeah. from Dumb and Dumber, uh, first and foremost. Now on television, Eddie is watching the newest episode of Laura's Video Hot Picks, just giggling along. He loves it. He tells Angela that she'll be on that show soon. And with that, one of the flimsiest plots, I think, in the history of movies has been established. Uh So Rock tells Eddie he wishes that Eddie had put this much effort into making him a boxing champion. And Eddie reminds Rock, he's like, you lost every fight you ever had. There's not too many dudes rocking Eddie Arcadian's look these days, though. Like this like horseshoe of hair, uh-huh. like teased out. It was sort of George Costanza. Yeah, exactly. Dennis yeah. Franz-ish. Um, yeah, people prefer to just shave it down. Shave it down now is the look. Not They don't tease it out. You call it the Bozo the Clown. <laughs> it looks, he was approaching yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, cut to the TV studio where Laura is introducing her hot pick of the week, Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge. People flood the dance floor. Song is a banger. Yeah, absolutely, man. All-time great pop song. But you asked earlier, like, no, DeBarge's voice, not great. He was hitting those falsettos. Yeah, he's hitting the falsettos, but it's like, there's no, it's like not a virtuosic performance. You're right, though. If it had been like a, you could have had a- Lionel Richie or, or somebody you know, like Michael that. Jackson or somebody would have killed oh, it, yeah, you know? Destroyed. Somebody with a, like a, a generational voice. Yeah, um, but the song is, it's awesome. And an all-time strange music video. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird, weird music video. It feels like we see almost the entirety of the music video during the film. Yeah, it feels sort of thriller-ish, some of the things A lot that of are choreographed, happening. like, West Side Story, right. Grease-ish. But, yeah, a lot of weird shit happening in the music video. I suggest check the music video out on YouTube. It's fun to watch, and the song is fucking great. I thought DeBarge looked like Chappelle dressed as Prince <laughs> on Chappelle show and his backup singers are like a bunch of like clones of him. I don't know if they yeah. were siblings or if they were know. just dudes who looked like him. They all had the same look though. A bunch of like, yeah, very slender, like vaguely maybe Latin like coming guys. to America. Soul glow kind of hair. Yeah. Thing. It's sort of Jerry curl stuff yeah. going on. Now back at Eddie's place, rock is saying he just needs five minutes with this Laura and she'll be begging to play Angela's songs, which is fucking like, fucking dark thing to say. I don't even know what he means. There's by a that. lot of that in this movie. At best, a lot we, of at best he means he's going to be violent yeah. right, towards yeah. her. Just physically violent. I'll slap violent. her around for you. She'll play those tapes. So Eddie says, you ain't got no class, Rock. I know how to handle these showbiz types. You got to wine them, dine them. You let them order a la carte. <laughs> That's a fucking, that line remains a memorably random thing to say. Hey, like, let, let them order, order off menu. <laughs> Whatever they want. Strange. After all, me and this lady, we got a lot in common. She's the video rock queen but i eddie arcadian am the video game king and that's when it came like occurred to me i was like yeah he's a comic book villain oh totally dude is i gather he owns a string of arcades yeah around the city he's the guy that puts the arcades in all the grocery stores and shit yeah (laughs) that's crazy so eddie leans up against that tank and whatever's in there like lunges at him right startles him i almost feel like 
it's the closest we get to actually seeing the thing. Yeah, we I see sort like of it was like, like fins and the. Like, I felt like it was like furry. Oh, that's. I don't know. Uh, like a muppet, like a, a wet muppet, mutant fish. <laughs> now back at the TV studio, JJ. That is William H. Macy. Amazing. Pleading he's, with Laura to to meet someone, presumably Eddie Arcadian, but she's not interested. JJ's jacket fucks hard. Dude, Macy looks like if cocaine was a person. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be William H. Macy's yeah, character in this. With all like, his pa- like cut out panels, just yeah, like, like sunglasses it, on his head and fucking like leather his, pants. His, his Mardi Gras jacket. It was fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. it was like it was like Harlequin yeah, style. Exactly. Like, it was yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. crazy shit. Well, who who the fuck is he? Is he's, he someone? Is he affiliate? Is he a producer on the show I think or he, something? I think that he's probably the head producer, the director of the show. Okay, he could make the call then. It's weird that he's asking Laura's permission, sort of to. No, I guess he wants Laura to meet the guy. Yeah, she just so wants she's got to go along with that. Right. But he could just say we're playing this video, right? If he was that guy, and I don't know who. Maybe, maybe she her, has creative control. Uh, maybe that. Maybe he's just like her dealer. Maybe Prince <laughs> has creative control. <laughs> Facts. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. She says, you know, look, the show's already booked the next four weeks. There's no point to meet this guy. Right. JJ says, my life is in danger, basically, if I can't deliver. They're going to slit my throat, (laughs) he says. She's saying there's no point. He says, there is a point. It's the point of the knife, which is pointed at this point on my neck. (laughs) It's a a memorable line (laughs) as well. I was like, wait a minute. Well delivered by our man. Uh, Uh, We would expect nothing less from So Laura's like, slow down. What What are you talking about? And JJ says, you know, it's Eddie Arcadian is a very heavy dude who wants to have this video played in the worst way. So Laura tells JJ, basically, you know, you should call the police. I don't need this drama. Yeah, I don't have this kind of craziness in my life. Just call the police. I appreciate it. Tell this guy, Eddie, to forget about it. And um, yeah, that's... We we don't get the feeling Eddie's the kind of guy you say no to. Nah, I think... um, I feel like we've done enough to sort of the 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 plot has been laid. Have we wet the whistle, as it were? My whistle is wetted. I'm about to say I feel I feel like we need to put more whiskey <laughs> in these glasses <laughs> to need... further wet our whistles. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, the the movie now is when it starts to really get crazy. Yeah, now we can talk about the movie having a story. <laughs> if there is such a thing to be talked about, we've seen probably ten minutes of music. Yeah. In 10 minutes so of much. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, so much of this is like you showed so much music video, so much of that DeBarge music video. It like, was filler, it was like, like a full minute. You had mentioned it was like the opening of um, Running Man, yeah, where the just the like Laker girls, that. yeah, it was yeah, just, just a five around. minutes like, of we've filler. We've got to eat up some time, or this movie's going to be 10 minutes long, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's where we'll leave you for this week, though, dear listeners. Hope you guys are loving it. Hope you're feeling the glow <laughs> or ready to bask in it. More. I am, I'm the glow, is yeah, the sublime glow is exuding off my body. <laughs> We're gonna right go now. get some more of the glow <laughs> out of this bourbon bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. There is a level, you're my-